transmitting to you from Old Heart Radio. Get to it, Mama Mama Matinee Edition, with Lil Lil Lucas and Jared, and guest spot Bowie. Say hi, Bowie. Oh, just give us a. Hey, he licks, he gives kisses, he does it all. Happy Spider Monday. Spider Monday. Is that really? Oh, that's why everybody's posting about tickets today. Dude, I got tickets. My fucking God. I got I, tickets. I mean, like, I don't disagree with, like, the, the ticket selling, selling. I just think it's absolutely audacious to create spider monday it's not cyber monday anymore man oh my god dude Happy spider-man's spider taken over did you see the great uh the fucking hype there's a little tickets <laughs> ticket sale promo that uh jamie fox and uh tom holland did no where <laughs> jamie fox is like how about we call it electro monday oh my god <laughs> there, and it was 100 percent them poking fun at how ridiculous of a tagline it that, was i mean that that that's good <laughs> just because like I mean, it's, there's, they got to be a little self-aware. On they that got, one. yeah. I was very, it was good to see that they weren't completely shameless in <laughs> stealing the iconic name of Cyber Monday. Oh, for real though. How dare they slander its name? Uh, you know, just throwing throwing this out there because we didn't. I don't think we touched on it yet, but uh, all things Spider-Man coming up. Electro, dude. We, I have to. I, we, I texted you about this. Yeah, yeah. Because I was so curious, and then it kind of got like thrown all over the internet from what yeah. I saw. But it looks like he is using like an arc reactor. Not just any arc reactor. Like the arc reactor from Iron Man Two. Like legit Tony Stark's arc reactor. Yeah. Like that. So it, I really wonder if they're gonna like touch on how they get these fucking devices. Yeah, I you definitely I think mean? like with Electro in particular, it's gonna be a villain that's a slight riff on one we've already seen before pulled out of like another universe, you know? That's what I kept thinking. Like he's too. not, it's not the Garfield one because it looks like, yeah. I mean, how, how would they explain his like weird transition from a blue you know, electro to, yeah. To, to yellow, more comic accurate electro. Get shocked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, what I immediately thought, what does this have anything to do with whiplash? Dude, well, ser- straight up, dude, because <laughs> I really hope not, but I also... <laughs> It'd be a cool way to tie he, it like, together. <laughs> other parts of his Electro suit look like Whiplash's getup, Which, right? hey, we've they just fucking embrace Trevor Slattery. I mean, like, <laughs> they could very well do Whiplash. Like, be like, call him back to Whiplash at this point. They really could, man. And, you know, I think Iron Man 2 gets too much shit. <laughs> personally it's a fun movie it's not as good as iron man but it's fun yeah i'll i mean mickey rourke is pretty fucking gnarly in that movie i will say his like I want my board is so fucking bad like, it's terrible but, but i think it's fun it yeah i mean it's a good it's an interesting character building like yeah. that, that, that's what the second two iron man movies. well actually all those iron man movies were really good at is like they really focused on building the character, like flushing yeah. up his character, and they put the, him into some weird positions in yeah. those those movies overall. But anyway, yeah, I just wanted to mention that because I was like, uh, you know, it's I was so fucking curious when we first saw it, and I was just like, that 
that would be so cool if they if they riff on that. You know, you know? and the last bit of Spider-Man news, um, pre or like review audiences get access to it in I think five days. So we'll be hearing some more stuff about it, and it's just over three weeks until it releases. Yeah. So like, I got tickets to watch day before release, nice. like ten thirty at night. Nice. <laughs> I'm excited. The it's hype be fun. is there. The hype is real. It's it's gonna be a good movie. And and uh, I think the head of Sony, Amy Pascal, just yeah. came like just came out and like was saying that this is not the end of Spider-Man movies. Yeah. They're planning on doing this trilogy and hopefully another trilogy. And watch them really hit us like out of left field with like a. They, they don't do Miles Morales. They do Ben Riley. Dude, that'd be fucked up. Like, <laughs> mainly because, like, I you know, there's no... Yeah, anyway, I, Miles Morales is the next uh, Spider-Man in the pecking order, really, that people yeah. would want to see. Not not only by... I mean, just by sheer popularity, yeah. really. Like, that would be, like, the smart move. Who who plays like, Miles Morales? Mm, I mean, I dude, the, my favorite fan casting that I saw was motherfucking... Uh, McLaughlin or Caleb McLaughlin or whatever from Stranger Things. I'm with you right there. Like man. I love that, and it's like he's great. he's like he's grown into like a pretty like he, I've I've been watching rewatching Stranger Things, and it's yeah. been kind of cool watching uh, him uh, and like some of the kids as they like you know grow up through the show again. Yeah, and you do see them get like better and better. Yeah, like, you know, and it's it's kind of cool. So I I would be down with that for sure. You know, and I feel like, like always in Stranger Things, he's like a side player all the time. Yeah. It'd be fun to see him in more of a leading role. 100. You know? I was just watching this episode where it's the second it's the second to the last episode of season 3. Okay. And it's like the Oh yeah, he gets a lot more play. The, the mind flayer like fucking gets L by the by the leg. And this is like the first time in really like almost the entire series I feel like that Lucas actually like does something does something, <laughs> steps up and like fucking hacks the like the mind flayer like yeah. you know with the axe and you're just like finally somebody's not standing around. Like Oh, is that when they're in the cabin? Yeah. Surrounded by I was half expecting him to, to pull out his wrist rocket and try and shoot the mind flayer in the face. Yeah, man. <laughs> Which the funniest thing about that show, one of the funniest things about that show is that they keep using that thing yeah. or he keeps using that thing no matter how like little it does <laughs> every season. <laughs> I mean, dude, there's such that's one of the charms of Stranger Things. It's like the kids a fantastical approach to literal life or death situations. Oh, for sure. And I mean, that's that's what I love in that particular episode that I just rewatched was like you know they he discovers all the fireworks and yeah. i love that moment where it's oh, like awesome. yeah these fireworks are gonna fuck some shit up <laughs> yeah oh dude i feel like that um yeah that season three was so much fun i think um and you see a bit of that with like his weird thinking in season two as well oh yeah and and i think like he is also uh mclaughlin's also like an accomplished like thespian actor yeah that yeah so uh, watching some interviews with him he actually does more it seems like he does more stage work he he got his start playing uh young simba in the lion king musicals that's fucking dope dude i know that's crazy that's what i mean Broadway. like give the kid a chance to like really flex man yeah. hook him up with that miles morales gig because be i feel fucking, like he'd, he'd grow on the money he would like he'd hit he'd hit the note he's at a really good age to yeah. start miles morales yeah and you definitely he definitely passed like late high school yeah and i think that like you know it'd be like i said earlier it's based on sheer popularity of characters like he would be the next logical character to like try and do a trilogy with you know what i mean like, yeah so and definitely yeah and like a clone I think, wars mo- like clone, like, wars. clone wars a clone, clone saga would be like really cool yeah 
but it's just so it would be so out of fucking left field you know what i mean you know they're in the comics apparently doing a lot of new shit with ben riley i know like that he's becoming that, a main player and that's what worries me is I like know. is because because how intrinsically marvel has been tying stuff into their like comic stuff yeah. and their movies like four years ahead though you yeah. know and like and but it's like it's interesting because it's oh you can almost like plot it out a little bit and so i'm wondering i'm really wondering if that yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I've been I've been wondering that too. I'm like, are yeah. they gonna try and like bring him back in some way to like bring him to fo- you know focus? You know, are they get are they tossing Sony a bone and yeah. just like giving them Ben Riley and like they get they keep uh the rights to MCU keeps the rights to like the Miles Morales or something yeah. like that? You know, you know, I saw something very interesting about um, it was uh, in the comics the other day. It was finally revealed why Mephisto broke up um Spider Man or uh, oh. Peter Parker and Mary Jane. Yeah, why is like, that? Because he, he, there's a future in his mind where he takes over. He's like seen it in visions mm-hmm. and he's like burning New York to the ground. Earth is now his domain. Damn. Mephisto is ruling and he sees every time there's one person that beats him. Motherfucking and Spider-Man. It, it's not Spider-Man. It's Spider-Girl. Yeah. Okay. Peter and Mary Jane's daughter. Hell yeah. So, and he was playing the long game. Yeah, and it's like this is setting okay. up something like a like Dude, a near future Avengers because and it's it's a badass shot of Mephisto looking over this flaming New York, and you see in the distance Spider Man with like a tattered suit swing and you see the eye, yeah, akin to the Raimi Dude. stuff, and yeah. then a it goes through a flame and a bit more of the suit comes off and you can tell that it's a it's a woman. That's fucking dope. Dude. And I was like, that's awesome. That's like such a like for paying off what is sort of known as one of the worst storylines that's in <laughs> Spider-Man with, with one more day. Yeah. But like using it finally to do something interesting, potentially. Dude, that 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 is the hella interesting, man. And it's just like wild that they would build like the ultimate adversary for Mephisto is, is spider a spi- yeah, is like a is like just somebody who has like the yeah. spider powers, but man. that's like, like that's... but that's it. That's all we've seen is that mm. somehow it's interesting, man. like, and it doesn't. You don't see how. You just Mephisto knows that she's gonna beat him. Yeah, well, that, and that's also like just strange as well. I mean, like they they really like in the years like the last like handful of years and. I mean, probably last fucking decade, if we're being real, like they've really built Spider-Man lore. They've, yeah, like really built it up. Like there's like the whole like you know spider verse there's yeah. you know like the, the fact that there's like the spider totem like yeah. it's like a thing you know it's it's almost like mirroring in a way there's like in dc they started they did that with like the blue beetle yeah where like instead of originally the blue beetle was just ted cord yeah. trying to be a detective with his cool with his like scientific mind and his tech and his billions of dollars and then and, they and then oh and then the all of a sudden beetle? it's uh the name's, the, like, the name's like jaime reyes yeah that's it and uh and it's like all based on the fact that that Reyes finds this uh, scarab yeah. that like give that like attaches itself to him and gives him the powers and it's like you know it's like this thing and it just it kind of reminded me of like the totem in a way where it's like this thing you know I yeah know, it just, every yeah anyway you know but, you know who I would like to see at some point what I think is a good character Silk Silk okay yeah have you seen the 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 suit for Silk Mm-mm. it's sick man I uh, I think it's um. At least the design is pretty awesome, and then she has a pretty badass backstory. Okay, that has to do with like uh, the Osborns. Oh, that's not that's not it. <laughs> Let's Silk. 
And I think her suit is dope. I just want to find the find the yeah, good picture that, here. I don't know. It's just yeah. It's just been interesting that they've been so he- like heavy on Spider Man lore. It's one of those like it's gonna be. She sort of took the place of Spider Woman recently, mm. but it's. Okay. Oh, that's not it. Oh fuck! I've done something terribly wrong here. But um, it's can't get the like half mask. Yeah, the half mask, the white suit. I think it looks sick. Yeah. And it's and she's playing a sort of like an anti-hero. Okay. Not quite Venom, but sort of doesn't mind breaking some bones. Doesn't mind breaking some bones. Yeah, you know, more of a more of a daredevil type. Okay. The um but yeah, I would love to see I would love to see her. That's another cool sort of coming out of this like mm. Spider-Man greater mythos that they've been establishing lately. Yeah. So yeah, I'm interested to see, man, what the like what how far they push that cuz you know, in in like during the context of this conversation, I, another thought popped into my head and it was uh, because Miles Morales, for instance, is kind of a newer character. Yeah. Does Sony, does the deal that Sony made with Marvel. It applies. Does that apply to Miles Morales? It, I think the rules are like, it has to be, um, or does it apply characters, to intro- <laughs> characters introduced in a Spider-Man comic. It doesn't matter when. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So damn that legal, ra- no, that, fucking that legal wording. Bullshit, <laughs> man. But yeah. So, uh, what other Marvel stuff just getting, let's the uh, Hawkeye dude. Let's talk about yeah, Hawkeye, let's do Hawkeye because, because, uh, we got, we got plenty of other stuff, but just to touch on the rest of the Marvel. Um, yeah, the Hawkeye show dropped the first two episodes. Yeah. And it's fucking sick. It's such a fucking fun show already, man. I love it. And you know, um, it was like production value went mm-hmm. up dude. instantly. You can tell that this was produced when the production company had a better grasp on how to work under COVID. Oh, definitely. Like, I know WandaVision was very stylized, but it got a bit janky once the it sort of just turned into a normal television Marvel type thing. Yeah. There's a, definitely a bunch of jank to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> like, Loki didn't really have to frame action that frequently, so it was fine, you know? Yeah. But then now we're seeing, like, an action-forward show that's pretty entertaining and really nicely shot. Yeah. So that's one of the things that, that I really enjoyed about it. Also, it's always good to be back on street level Marvel, you know? Oh, for sure. I mean, the street level gives you, you know, it, it gives you the human element, right? Exactly. And one of the things I love is that, you know, they're they're really, and they really make Hawkeye that, like right out the gate, you know, yeah. you, they they paint the picture of him spending time with his family the whole the, the, the whole plot line of like he's you know the quasi like classic christmas time plot line for a movie yeah i'll be home for christmas i promise yeah <laughs> like, you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> um and like the fact that they're really leaning into uh his hearing loss which i, I think is so fantastic it gives you that like it, that like it's just that human element where it's like he is as a human man he's his body's going i did think i I did think the bit of him like of kate bishop being like how do you start losing your hearing well montage of all the things he's got through explosions and flying through windows and shit. too hard to tell yeah which i was like oh yeah he's just a dude this is not he doesn't have the protection of iron man he's not juiced like captain america he's not a god like thor nah very much in line of like they made that joke in uh, Black Widow that she needed ibu like the Hulk oh. doesn't need ibuprofen yeah, yeah. after a fight exactly and it's like it's up that same vein and I think it's it's humanizing mm-hmm. I also love that they're playing at like no one liking Hawkeye oh god yeah like, especially well, like, the Katniss like, Everdeen bit well it's like that whole thing like 
they show like people know him. Yeah. But people don't like go out of their way, you know, to like <laughs> shake his hand or give him. Uh. A There's only like one time I think really through the those first two episodes that that he gets recognized in a positive way, and, and, that, and that was like a dinner, dinner right? Yeah. yeah. Which this <laughs> I looked over to Kate while I was watching that. I paused it and I was like, Hawkeye's getting free dinner. And he saved the universe. Yeah. You know who also was there helping to save the universe? Who? Falcon. <laughs> Falcon impaled a monster with his wings. Motherfucker can't even get a fucking loan. He can't get a loan. <laughs> I know. The MCU is racist. <laughs> Put those scenes side by I, side somewhere on I Instagram. Feel, I feel like you, I feel like once you kill an alien in defense of the universe, <laughs> you should be set for life. I'm with you there, dude. Like, that's that's so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those little things of, like, this is a bit the M- fucked. The MCU's uh, really leaning into that real-world aspect. <laughs> yeah, I know. Which, um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's fucking funny. But, yeah, okay, so I'm really interested where this show's going to go because it's yeah. going to explore... Like not only like Ronan, uh, what his, you know, Hawkeye's time as Ronan. Yeah, it's gonna really explore his mentorship of Kate Bishop. Yep, who's already a really fun character herself. Like oh my she, god, she's so enjoyable, dude. She is. She's like she's got this like really like I don't know the what's the name of the actress that plays her again? Uh, like, Haley Steinfeld. She just like she has this really of good energy that she fame. brings, dude. She she nails it. Yeah, that's where she's from. Yep. Holy shit. True uh, Grit and yeah. Bumblebee and Bumblebee, <laughs> which actually once again. Bumblebee ain't bad, um, <laughs> but I think it's I think she's really nailing it right she's now. She's great. I just love very I charismatic. Love, I love her character building that they've done so far, yeah. and you know where it's just sort of like she feels like a her character doesn't have a home base. Yeah, you know what I mean, which is kind of a weird position to be in for a young vigilante. <laughs> and you know, it almost feels like they're scratching some of that like uh, the Tony Stark ego with mm. it. You know, because yeah. they make a joke about her. Like, there's two things, like, there's two kinds of people that feel, like, untouchable. Mm. Rich people and young people. Yeah. And she's both. Yeah. And while I feel like that could be played, that could sort of alienate od- general audiences from a character, it doesn't. No. She's incredibly likable. Yeah. And she's putting the shit together, especially with the jack prick. <laughs> Dude, um, what the fuck is up with that guy? He's the swordsman. Oh, that's it. That damn fool. He was like when he challenged her to the guy, uh, or when he accepted the, the challenge to the fencing match. I was like, "There's something this dude you know, has." I thought that him. was. I and I actually think it, that guy's sort of likable, and like for being a piece of shit. I that, mean, that that <laughs> dude, that interaction was funny. Where it was just like, it was like it, it was a good interaction you, for sure. Like, convince me. Why not? I'm convinced. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's he, like he is he is bringing a likability to his character. Yeah, it's like sure. that. It's like that shitty charisma. Yeah, you know? exactly. You just know he's a dick, but you're like, okay. It's sort of like, well, look yeah. at that mustache. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but the main the main thing I'm really interested in with Hawkeye is the exploration of some of the uh, potential like gang activity or yeah. various sections of gangs you know, in New York, which we've seen a little bit through uh, like shows like Netflix's Daredevil, yeah. and I think they did a really good job of kind of like ex- like having multiple factions and showcasing yeah. them. Um, I'm really excited to see how they do that with this show because yeah. they've already introduced a couple of like sort of funny gangs as well. You as, have like, like the uh, there's like the high society type auction stuff, which yeah. has got to be like I think those are Fisk's dudes. We'll I, get there. I, uh, yeah, but also I think that Fisk might be pulling the strings of all of them. 
That's that's what I'm wondering, that's the man. Most because, thing. because dude, we were we were yucking it up about it. Like, there's those rumors, those kingpin rumors. Yeah. That that D'Onofrio is gonna be there in a fat suit, but in a fucking <laughs> fat suit. Oh my god. Which is stupid. That's <laughs> the thing that I don't understand. Is like his like his presence was spot on as kingpin oh, in the net in the he was imposing. show. Yeah, dude. He was not he was not fat like no. like Kingpin. He they, was not an absolute unit like into the spider in the Kingpin. in the action that we saw him in, he was fucking like furious, man. And, he, was like, a, he was a it was big guy. Imposing is the is a good word for it, man, yeah. because the, he like nailed that. And and honestly, to me it's if the MCU were to lean into because what I, yeah what we what we've heard is like it's like the fat suit mixed with like some CGI on top. Essentially, of it. what they did for Thor. But but yeah, but what the difference is that it was like campy and worked with Thor. Yeah. Because of like where the character was at. In this, you don't want that campiness. I feel I feel like there's a point where they could play off of. There's that old timey thing of like the people that were extremely prosperous usually were pretty fat. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of a sign of their stature and their place in society. Mm. They could do something like that with it without it being like too gratuitous, you know, where he just like looks bigger, like well, and that that's fair in my book. Or it could border on cartoony mm-hmm. and being just sort of like taking the intimidation out of that character. Yeah, and that's that's where it's just you're right. It's just a really fine line. Um, because I mean, if you think about it, like the character of the Kingpin is like, like, I think it's like, I don't know the exact number. It was like something like 90% of his body is actually muscle. Yeah. And, and, you know, he like, he can like fucking go, you know, for blows against like the thing, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like... Uh, and I remember there was a, um, there is a comic frame where the hand is trying to like stop him. Mm. And it's like Wolverine in the Wolverine movie where they have all the tethers on yeah, him. Yeah, dude. But it's Fisk, and he's, like, covered in them, and he's yeah. still beating people. Berserker fucking rage, man. I, I think Kingpin don't got it. He's got it. He's got but, it. But that's what I mean. Where it's like, I think it's up to uh, the people that are making the show to to take that character on, if they do, which I really hope they do, to take that character on and do what they did with, the, like, in the Netflix show, where they, they used camera angles and the way they shot things, as well as just D'Onofrio's, like, intense presence. Yeah. To just pull the character seamlessly, like off seamlessly, and like if they just lean too hard into the fat suit stuff, I yeah. feel like it's just gonna make the character like just less imposing. You yeah, know? and I, I just don't, I don't think, especially if you think, know I, that there's somebody out there that can pull it off, yeah. it would just immediately disappoint I do me thi- and I do other fans. I do think that there's a line. Mikey, we know you're listening. I do think that there is a line. <laughs> there's a threshold where it becomes too much for sure. And um, I just, I hope they don't cross that. Yeah, because it's I, a danger yeah. though. Because the show is already kind of it has that lighthearted, quasi lighthearted nature yeah. to it. So you you just don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, and I mean, yeah, it gets. Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. You know who else I'm excited to see from that show? What we got our first who? look at Echo at the end of episode two. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, They're finally, like in starting to build that out because we know there's a show coming at some point. Yeah, I want to give like that actress props. Hmm. This is her first ever acting credit in Hawkeye. Oh wow. She's actually deaf. Before this, she was a driver for FedEx and Amazon. And she did an audition for Echo, and now she's getting her own show. Dang, and it's go, like, man. hey, 
fuck yes get get unknowns for this stuff boost people up yeah if it, uh, i mean yeah i'm all for like if you got the chops you got the chops you know exactly I mean? if you fit the bill good for you don't doesn't have to be an existing person in hollywood playing deaf you know that being said um if anybody's looking for a dog for a pet avengers movie Oh, Bowie. We got a little dog in studio that would fit the bill. Uh, but that's cool. That's I'm really excited to see how they really like, you know, how they use her character in this show. Yeah. I've seen, I saw some of those really cool um, side-by-sides online of like, you know, stills from Daredevil and stills from like the scenes, where the scene that they introduce her in really. Yeah. And I, I thought that was a kind of cool parallel. And I don't know if it's an intentional nod, but I really, I would like to think it was. Oh, um, one more Spider-Man thing that has to do with Daredevil. Spooderman. Not not a clarified leak, but a a rumor of a potential description of what's going to happen with uh, with Daredevil in it and his cameo. Yeah. So apparently he's going to be meeting with Spider Man, Aunt May, and Happy in. Oh, he's humping the blanket. Um, uh, <laughs> Bowie. Chog on your own time, Bowie. Bowie. We're recording. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he's going to meet in uh, Aunt May's apartment with them. Okay. And he, there's gonna be like protesters outside, mm. and something, something's gonna come through the window, and he's gonna grab it, and they're gonna be like, "How do you do that?" And he's gonna say, "I'm a great lawyer," <laughs> <laughs> which is just fucking yeah. stupid and funny, and I respect it, but um, whatever. I thought that I was mean, interesting. No, I think that's great. I just, uh, you know, it's like it's one of those things, man. Like, I just, I really think that putting too much stock into like him pulling off daredevil daredevil yeah and this is is gonna no. disappoint you i think they're building him into the universe yeah and i think that this is gonna lead to daredevil yeah. daredevil stuff but i think it's really anything with charlie cox and an mcu i'm fucking for at this point yeah. because like hey, there, i want that man charlie it, cox we're, did, we're there for you did i send it to you there was a uh, press event with uh that hmm. walked out the people that came out of it were tom holland toby mcguire Andrew Garfield and Charlie Cox. That's what I'm saying, man. It's like, uh, it's a bit suspect. Yeah. <laughs> like the closer it comes to releasing, like the, the, it's becoming like the worst kept secret in yeah. Hollywood. And I mean, I, I, I wonder if Sony's just over there being like, man, we should have just dropped it. <laughs> oh yeah. But I think it's better that they didn't because some discourse is better than none. And it will get people excited. Fucking yeah. well, Fandango crashed last night. I was going to say, Jesus dude, that's fucking nuts. Uh, that didn't happen when Endgame tickets came out. That's what I'm saying. That's fucking crazy. Um, I want to re, re go back on my la- uh, last episode statements. I think you are probably on track with that with that billion dollar movie, you know, yeah. theory because because just seeing the the amount of fucking like ticket sales and hypes and everything that I've kind of, I kind of just really just kept going. Yeah. It's, yeah, it hasn't stopped. Yeah, this movie's gonna be huge. I think. Um, and you know, I, back quickly one last thing on Daredevil before we uh, move on from Marvel. The um, I think what we're gonna see is not like a full Daredevil. Mm-hmm. We might see in like, in Spider Man, in She Hulk, maybe one other project, just Matt Murdock. Yeah, and then I, come, I think so. come like maybe the project before we see an actual Daredevil solo thing, we'll see him in the suit. You know? Yeah. Like because I actually think Matt Murdock, like some of my favorite episodes of the Daredevil show are the Matt Murdock episodes where you don't even see him in his suit. Well, yeah, they. I mean, they did a really good job of of humanizing and making that, like, making you care about that character. Yeah. Dude. And you know, I mean, Matt Murdock is a character that can really like, like, give you that viewpoint of like, 
things seem so fucking big. Yeah. But like, I'm the small, like I'm going to do what the I can. The small guy just small trying, guy, you know? And I think that, yeah, I, I think that's, that, that's, you know, a good idea to maybe try and build out his Matt Murdock character yeah. before Daredevil. Cause Daredevil is obviously the persona that everybody's most familiar yeah. with. You but know I think what I mean? The ideals and the values of Matt Murdock set up Daredevil. Exactly. So yeah, that's a good, that I think, I think that would be a good, it's interesting. Like, People move, always man. compare Batman and Daredevil. No, they're dra- They're very different. I know, but man. I see it all the fucking time Yeah, from people that aren't completely aware of it. I feel like Batman is Batman. Mm-hmm. Daredevil is Matt Murdock. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's just Matt Murdock and, and Daredevil, like the, the he like I don't know it, in so many comics so much of like the internal dialogue it's just him being so conflicted yeah. by what he's doing yeah and you know with Batman it's like, like Bruce Batman's, Wayne died yeah Bruce Wayne died with his fucking parents and he's like he sharpened himself to be the specific thing you yeah. know what I mean <laughs> like so yeah I'm I'm just I'm interested to see how they're gonna start building out more of that street level while also doing some like bigger stuff you know like yeah. like She Hulk and all that like there's you know She Hulk's not a street level character not all big character uh like moon knight moon knight will be like an interesting kind of like it'll be diving into a i think psychological like moon knight might cross you'll get the psychological i think it's gonna tie together the street level and the mystical exactly i I think you're right there and I, i think that that will do so much in terms of like how they're developing all their shows yeah. and like kind of how they're really using that to lay more foundation for the universe yeah. but so yeah, um yeah. shall There's... we get to the gaming minute no i got some stuff what do we got um so two things this week uh the pokemon diamond and pearl remakes brilliant diamond and shining pearl came out this week I've spoken about this briefly in the past i think uh those are the first games that i really was able as a kid to like understand what i need to do and fucking finish it yeah and uh i've been playing the fuck out of them uh have they been it's very interesting they're like a shot for shot remake of the originals like the only major changes are that you have diagonal movement rather than just like box to box (laughs) movement which is nice which is nice and like a slightly extended pokedex that's it and it's very fun yeah. i've been really enjoying playing it it's bringing me back to my childhood and one of the games that i really have a soft spot for yeah. they're fucking hard <laughs> <laughs> i was telling you this before i was like how did i how did i beat this as a kid yeah it's dude. like kicking my ass sometimes like games like that like you just they mystify you it's like I how the fuck did i pull that off i know and i'm like I'm playing, Kate's playing it because we have a, I have a switch light and then Kate has like a proper switch on the TV Okay. and she's been playing it and I'm a bit ahead of her and I'm like, babe, you need to change your team. You're going to get fucked. <laughs> like this is like, I'm getting screwed and I'm like yeah. min maxing. I'm like paying attention to the numbers. Man. I'm like, what's my, what's my, Pokemon, what's my Garchomp's nature? Yeah. What, the fuck? <laughs> what, what, what perks am I getting from this? And I'm still getting fucked. I was like, as a kid, I was just like. Yeah. Torkewa looks really cool. Yeah, and I won. Fucking freewheeling with the Pokemon. Like, I know. So that's the look. Yeah, that's so interesting. That's a. Uh, uh, but so, wh- where are you at in the game then? I'm on the Elite Four. Okay. And I've failed uh, six times. <laughs> like and it's lucky number seven. I don't know the last time. Like uh, when I got a Switch, I played through uh, Pokemon Shield. Mm. I didn't wipe at all that game. Okay. Like I, I had like significant losses on the champion. I think I had two Pokemon left. Okay. Yeah. On the first time I hit the champion, I knocked out only two of her six. Oof. 
and I got swept the rest of the way. Damn, dude. Before that, just on the Elite Four, Going I got wiped on. out like four times by different members. Shit. And I was like, shit, man. I was like, Pokemon's difficult. Dude, they're really ramping it up. I know, it's crazy. Damn, and um, like... Like NPCs executing like difficult strategies. Like I was like, what the fuck is this? This is bizarre. Yeah, that was fucking nuts. So, but it's been fun. Um, the bigger news though uh, is that a few weeks ago, Forza Horizon came out, and yeah. I said it would be fucking criminal if this game didn't get a Game of the Year nomination. And where are we? It did it. God damn, dude. Um, they snubbed. They, they snub- gave it. They gave it the DiCaprio they, snub. They didn't <laughs> snub it because it wasn't even up for nomination. Fuck that. So. <laughs> Forza came out like the pre-access was available mm-hmm. like two days before nominations had to be in. Okay. But it came out formally like a week afterwards. Oh, is that why? But here's the thing. It's in like a lame period where if it's released after that, like after the nomination window closes, mm-hmm. it can't be nominated for this year. But because it doesn't come, it didn't come out next year. It's not applicable for next year. What? I know. So nothing, nothing. This includes like games like Halo. Yeah. Nothing is able to be nominated at the Game of the Year awards between like November, like early November and the end of the year at all. Dude. But here's the thing. That's weird. I know. It's fucking bizarre. It did get nominated in the racing and flying category, which means that people who hadn't played the game just nominated it. just nominated it because they <laughs> expected it to be the best hey <laughs> and which it cool. looks fucking good dude it is fucking good and a bunch of the uh the like professionals in the industry you have to be like an industry like a certified member of the industry that's been working in gaming for a specific amount of time okay and you have to have played like a specific number of games applicable to to the category and oh, provide wow. evidence of like completion to nominate it oh wow yeah, and it's it's stuff like that. Yeah. And they have already come out and been like, they need to fix this system. Like it like it's yeah. This deserves to be in it, but because of contingency, we're not ever gonna be able to recognize this. That's so wacky, man. It's very it's very weird. And I'm sort of and it was like this uproar online. I think like I saw oh, one I, bet, man. I saw one like a, not even like a racing game centric like site. Mm-hmm. I think it was like IGN. Um, it was like the game awards are a disgrace for not nominating Forza Horizon and like stuff like that. It was fucking everywhere for a few days. That's fucking crazy. Like, yeah, dude. I mean, it's just, I was yeah, like, just because of like that little weird cycle. Like, I know. And it, you even, and what's crazy is that there's even games like Halo, you know, yeah, you just, yeah. You just miss out on, on the opportunity to not to like really like give awards to so like, it feels like so many tail end games. There. Yeah. Like, you know, and actually, this is fucking weird. I know it's fucking that's, weird. That's, that's just, I don't know. It's bizarre to me. I mean, awards, dude, awards have always been strange, dude. That's why, like, award all those award shows, like video game, fucking country music, fucking VMAs, fucking whatever the hell. Yeah, like there's they're all just such fucking wacky. There's one wacky pure award things, show dude. though. What's that? Um, or actually two. The first one is uh the Kids Choice Awards, <laughs> as hosted in my in my early years by Jack Black fucking killing it slime it slime it dude it's not serious and real people vote on it the um the second one is our upcoming award show the old hardies uh, <laughs> the, the old hardies <laughs> it's like a slight riff on the dundies but 
We should actually oh do that. Oh my god, dude. The old hardies. Same about getting, to come up with some categories. I have the audio for coffee and <laughs> contemplation. I was gonna do a gaming one. Dude. Send it to you. Dude. There you go. We'll um uh, but we'll see. The um I think yeah, I think it's fucking stupid. I did actually this reminded me one more thing for the gang minute. Uh Halo. Mm. Halo multiplayer, which is currently accessible on Xbox and PC, has been absolutely fucked. Oh, why is that? Because there is mandatory crossplay between Xbox and PC. On fine on the surface, huh. cheaters. Oh, people are modding the game on their PCs to give them like auto aim, unlimited really? mags. But you can't like. That's not to fucked. say it's fair. To, not to say it's fair if you did it on Xbox because we bullshit either way. <laughs> yeah. But you can't mod an Xbox like that and play yeah. online. So that's lame. It's like it's been absolutely fucked because yeah. there aren't enough protections in place to protect console players from that. So people people on the consoles are just getting hosed. Yeah, just getting hosed. Dude, that's lame. I know. Like people with walls, people with like heads headshots and yeah. like it's fucking bullshit. That's I got hit a few times with that and I was like it should be we've talked about crossplay being cool. Yeah, and but I there th- are downsides like this. There are downsides, and it's like you have to have a strong anti-cheat on the PC side. This happened with Destiny too. Mm. Um, you have to, ha- and it happens with a lot of crossplay games. While the population might be larger, you're gonna have more bad actors on PC that are actually breaking the game rather than like console bad actors who are just assholes. Yeah, ah, that's lame, man. So, I think that's interesting. That said, we can leave the game a minute. <laughs> woo woo woo. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> reverse that um but that no that's that, yeah that's strange um so we have a few uh few other things today got some random stuff yeah. um i wanted to bring up cowboy bebop on netflix uh the netflix live action cowboy bebop recently got posted and i don't have much of a connection to cowboy bebop but uh, i think it brings up some interesting things specifically totally. about like well, a- adaptation and from anime yeah yeah which which is really hard to pull off yeah. um for multiple reasons, we've talked about it a little bit, you know, in the past, but 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 this this show I think really does. Bowie, do you have something to say? A solid job. Bowie just wants to get his chog on. He's just mad, <laughs> he's just mad at not holding his blanket for him. Uh, <laughs> not that I do that regularly, dear viewers. All right. <laughs> Jared folds Bowie's blanket <laughs> so he can get his rock on. It's not true, man. Don't look, look at him like that. Uh, but but I think so. This show um, is really is really just like slick they the they pull off some like some really like the costumes are are spot on from yeah the, from the show the the pace of the show is really awesome i'd say like there are some slow moments where they take the time to kind of do like those you know sort of like i don't know there, there's like they're trying to build like build side storylines yeah. following on like characters that you don't wouldn't necessarily follow in like an, an animation in the animation you're really focused on following the main characters yeah. and like what they're doing in live action you have a tendency in order to flush characters out you have a tendency to like you know follow the main character but then you get like dialogue <laughs> and some extra exposition from like you know the antagonists and stuff yeah. like that you know and, and that's what they that's what they're doing a little bit with this show and i'd say like that's the drag yeah. is that like when they when they're doing like scenes without any of the main characters you're kind of like okay what are they doing <laughs> yeah exactly but but that's the thing though is that like like it's kind of important for the show otherwise you otherwise they would have had to change the entire structure of this like 
the the type of show that that they're doing. Yeah. Whereas where they're pulling off these storylines, <laughs> I get you, Bowie. They're pulling off these storylines that are like from, you know, the, that they they start at the beginning of the season and you're gonna get the conclusion. Yeah. Whereas each episode of the the animation is more or less, uh, kind of like, you know, um, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Shit. Uh, the streamlined. Yeah, well, they're just they're just not like necessarily tied together with storylines. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and and so, it's kind of it's interesting in that way. That's like a little bit of a difference. But they really fucking nail so much about the anime, which is so impressive to me. Yeah, because again, it's hard to pull off, man. Like 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 I've heard the casting is excellent. The helps ca- bolster that. The casting's fucking fucking good. You got John Cho. You got which I was surprised by. I mentioned that I was not too convinced on him at first, but as uh, I've, I've him heard as he's Spike, been pulling it off well. Him as Spike has been fucking awesome. They got Bushmaster. Yeah, dude. Boogie boogie. I don't uh, think are any of our old Luke Cage reviews still accessible, or was that all SoundCloud? No, that might be. They're they're probably up on here. No man, which, that's got to be like once three ag- years deep though. Once again. There are over 300 episodes of Old Heart Radio hey. on Spotify. So, Bushmaster. Get after it. Um, but yeah, you got a pretty fucking interesting, in, you know, cast. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, uh, Mustafa. Mustafa something. Fucking live action cast. I'm looking up the live action cast. Oh my God. I've, I've heard that he in particular is like on the money for Jet Black. Yeah, I mean he he does a really he does a really good job. Like they all do. Mustafa Sh- Shakir, that's it. Okay. Uh, John Cho is a uh, Spike. Yeah, he's Jet Black. Danella Panita is, I believe, Faye Valentine. And they're in, you know, they're those are the three core characters. I just yeah. got to a point in the show where they finally introduced Einstein, which is this little corgi. That, uh, <laughs> that, that like they that, that runs around the ship. Um, oh, I've definitely seen the scenes with the corgi and. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's just you know it it's uncanny how well they pull off the animation vibe, um, and like you know we were talking about it earlier, and it almost directly translates to our to our concerns. Um, looking, looking at Avatar, like yeah. the Last Airbender series is coming up, where it's like. Shamalan really fucked that up for not knowing really, how to they, translate they it. They really put a bad taste in your mouth where you're just like, damn, dude, like I hope they don't like screw that 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 energy up that you get from the from the show. Cause there's there's so much it's like you know, Avatar is such a uh interesting dynamic because you get these these episodes where they're very like childlike. And, yeah. And that's a very particular type of storytelling energy. And 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 then you also have like some really like adult, like heavy episodes. Yeah. And so I'm interested to see if they are able to to capture all the dynamic of that show. You know, and I said this last week. Um for me, I, I, we were talking about this while we were while we were having some coffee before recording, but mm-hmm. um, like adaptation is somewhat necessary, at least in my book. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see the same story, and I've seen that some people that's been a turnoff for Cowboy Bebop is that they're not iterating on it that much. Yeah, yeah, the, and yeah, but for like, it's in my book what I want to see from Avatar, and like hearing that Cowboy Bebop is good is sort of like giving me a bit more confidence, you know? Yeah. But if it's the same shit, I'm not really that interested, you know? 
use it to use the different medium, use the different style to explore the characters differently, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe tell some riffs on the same story. It doesn't all have to be the exact same. Well, but that's the danger though. And we've, it is. we've seen and, that in the past where, but for, where people like immediately, as soon as you branch off it. of the, you know, uh, source material you get like people that are like irate not, like irate about it i'm not you know? saying branch from the source material but i mean tell a few different stories intermixed with mm-hmm. stuff that we're already familiar with yeah the end point can be the same but maybe rip on it you yeah. know well like and- make they get as an example a character from avatar that could be played a bit differently and make for a bit more serious of a story mm-hmm. um jet in season one they could really yeah. go into his like moral ambiguity when in the when in the like the animated series he was just sort of like a slightly quippy edgy guy you know you get like a little bit of his backstory you know not much and it's never I mean really... you, you learn that it's like like the town that he was li- that he was from or whatever got burned down by yeah. the fucking fire nation and but stuff but i and... think that like having a good actor playing him in live action mm-hmm. you can totally give a lot more depth to a character like that well, yeah, and, for sure. That's in like a, a in like a forty minute episode, you know, you can you can play that a lot darker. Yeah, be a bit more serious with that. But conversely, that's some of the the some of the the stuff that I've been seeing is has been looked at as negative about like this show for uh, yeah. Bebop, for instance, where it's like, it's like some of the original like kind of more in like character in depth scenes you get are the ones that people are like, oh, that's unnecessary. Yeah, and it's like, it is strange because it's like you know people are equally asking for that, but they also like reject that. But like, yeah. there's like, it's, it's just fandom. It's just, and, it's, know, just, and it, it's, 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 it's that weird toxic fandom kind of like borderline toxic fandom yeah. kind of things where it's like, you want something fresh, but you don't want something fresh. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think like, that also, it's so specific, strange. Specifically that point, I think is interesting because I, I like, I'm not super familiar with cowboy bebop. Mm-hmm. If I was to watch this show, I've never seen, but like a few episodes of the animation. So it would, this would be like my introduction and I probably wouldn't find those like character moments. Like I wouldn't, I would probably find them necessary. Those criticisms I guarantee are coming from people that already know these characters well, you know? Well, and that's it too. You have to give it, yeah. Like when, with any adaptation, you have to give yourself that chance to break. Exactly. uh, And say like, I mean, I do it all the time with comic book movies and shit like that, where it's like, you know, you see the reference storylines, you see like the titles that they use that the for movies that was that exactly are. where I was going. Yeah, and 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 it's it's you know, it's fucking fine, people. Yeah. Like it's fucking fine to say like they're taking these things. Get up off my shit. <laughs> Bowie. Bowie. <laughs> but but uh it's fine to say that like that like they're taking these these characters and they're trying to do them in different like what are you getting at, Bowie? I'm gonna get you. Okay. Sorry. That was a good break. He's, uh, going, he's going hog wild. Well I mean the the, uh, the prime example but, is Thanos is not in love with death. <laughs> Exactly, you know? dude. The, the the main motivating factor for him can you know that you works know. in the comics. Yeah, it probably could have worked in, in live action if they would have built it out. But they didn't. But, it but makes... they didn't need the, to take the time to do that. Yeah, because he's already like you can just say he's a fucking galactic villain who wants to kill people. Yeah. <laughs> like... his ideology is askew for yeah. irrational reasons. And 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 so it's 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 the truth though. It's like it's you have to just like and those movies obviously turned out fucking awesome by yeah. the way you know okay those are like the empire ma- called infinity war the eighth best movie ever made and so it's just <laughs> which is crazy it's nuts but uh but it's you know you have to give people a chance to make those adaptations otherwise 
you know, and this is something that I think you, uh, you point out is is that that sh- the original work becomes stagnant yeah. in, a, in a way. And then people stop wanting to even like seek out that original work. Yeah. And that, uh, that kills, that kills everything then. You yeah. know what I mean? And so it's, it's like, even if it puts hate in your fucking mouth at, at, to make the, uh, you know, an adaptation of something that you don't like, like it's still breathing some sort of life into, into yeah. that property. You know, ah, oh man, people knew avatar was really good. Mm-hmm. People knew cowboy bebop was really good. Mm-hmm. But how long was it between when Avatar came on Netflix and the series ended? It was nine years. Yeah. People didn't talk about it. No. If it came up in conversation, everybody was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. The first time I ever watched it was on Netflix. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shout out to my buddy Todd Sutherland. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's it's one of those things of like it came on to Netflix and people were like, holy shit, this is still really good. Yeah. And, but it had nothing to do with like there being new life shot into it. It was just, it became available. Mm. People who hadn't experienced it yeah. were then able to experience it. Well, and that, that also happened, I think with, with bebop where yeah. it, it, you know, I think it was like a one season show in the fucking nineties yeah. and it got missed by so many. And then it just going to kind of immediately start getting played on like late, you know, late it got like programs. syndicated and you know, it, it's as soon as it popped up for it became a more widely available people started latching onto it more and more yeah yeah and that's the beauty i mean that's just the beauty of fucking streaming these days people yeah. like yeah that yeah speaking of uh but you just you've been you've been kind of busy my friend. man you've I've been, been going watching to the a movies. bunch of shit i've been going to the movies so, i've been I, watching I, shows. I got a couple i want to paint, pick I'll, your brain about really i want to give a quick shout out to arguably the show that raises my spirits more than any other the Great British Baking Show. Oh, yes. My God. I'm done with it. You still have a few episodes to go. Yeah, man. Um, this is a fucking great season. I'm oh. not going to spoil anything for you, but like Giuseppe, Jurgen, Chiggs, uh, Freya. They're also my fucking favorite bakers that have been on that. It's just wholesome. Yeah, dude. It's, it's a, it's, this season's been fucking knockout, man. Yeah. It's been so good. You know, and every single baker is one that you, that you, that's enjoyable. You I know will, what I mean? I will say, this is the tightest season I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, oh, first, from what I've watched so far, definitely. You get to the end. Um, I will not spoil who, but in the semifinal, there are three handshakes. Whoa. Those, All on those are one certified challenge. Paul Hollywood handshakes. Four people, three handshakes, and one challenge. God damn. I know. It's fucking crazy. That's fucking nuts. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to finish that up. You know, it's that, that show is an absolute blast, as always. Um, I've been watching, uh, I watched the first couple episodes of Made yesterday. Oh, yeah. How, how's that? Um, it's interesting. And I think it, um, it, has a very good message. I'm slightly torn about the execution. Okay. And I think the story is something that it's important to be told. It's sort of about domestic violence mm-hmm. and the, uh, the weird barriers that are put in place by our society, preventing women, especially from protecting themselves yeah. or finding a better life for their children. Yeah. Like it's sort of on the nose with some stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you need to get a job to pay for daycare to prove that you need to go into subsidized subsidized housing, dude. It's it's some fucked up shit though. They, it's like, like yeah, legit. I like I like a good friend of mine who is no longer with us. She 
was a struggling single mom yeah. and she had to go to court constantly yeah. to prove that she was fit to like even fucking have her daughter. Yeah. And all this, all I mean, she, she was in the national, uh, she was in the fucking army while having to do this. She was yeah. holding down jobs while having to do this. And it was this wild, like, because like her ex-husband, uh, let's just be honest, was a white guy who looked better on paper. Yeah. Like he was got, he got favor from the courts. Like nobody's yeah. fucking business. And, yeah. and anyway, these are stories that need to be fucking told yeah. these days, man. There's a, there's a court scene in made where actually I think it's very clever. She doesn't have a lawyer, mm. but the other guy does. And when, when the lawyer and the judge are going back and forth, it just, um, Instead of like hearing their dialogue, it's her sort of not really knowing what's going on, and you just hear legal, 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 <laughs> which it's very relevant. Yeah. And but it sort of feeds into one of my criticisms. I have some issues with like the weird comic relief in that show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, so I that, sort of I, want it to be more somber because yeah. it's a woman going through some like really hard stuff, mm-hmm. and there are some lighter moments with characters that come in. And are treating her well. They're really caring for her. But she's still like... And, and like there are these moments of levity that come naturally. Mm. You know? And... and But they're sort of undercut by her being distant or being stressed about her current situation. And that's very much by design. That said, I think that there is... Um, there are some like weird... Like there's some weird like music choices for montage segments... Like some weird fucking pop songs play sometimes. There's oh, some yeah. strange humor to it. Stuff like that's always too strange, man. If you if you had like, I'm not talking at the mic. I apologize. If if you don't use like the fucking audio yeah. to your like advantage, especially soundtracks and stuff yeah. like that, like using music, like it, you know, like songs, not just like sound. You know, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. But it's like I, it can yeah. bolster the the message of a moment. It Absolutely. can play into the emotions. And, and it can also ruin it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was one of them where I was like, this, this is wrong. Yeah. Just, like, like sometimes it can fall flat. You know? Yeah. Where I was, it was like this, um, because she has a, she has a daughter mm-hmm. and it was like this moment, the scene of them playing together. It's the kids finally getting like a bit of relief after like a stressful few days. But, um, the main character, Alex sort of like, you can tell she's a bit preoccupied, but trying to have a good time with her kid. Mm-hmm. And it's this upbeat pop song playing. And weird. it's very weird. Yeah. And then finally, I think at the end of the second episode, there was like a scene where some music played and I was like, finally an appropriate song. <laughs> like finally something that plays into this. They finally got it. Something that plays into this message. The music supervisor is not going to get a vote from. Exactly. Uh, and, and you know, at the end of the second episode, there was a moment of levity that actually really worked. Okay. And going into the third and you know, I'm intrigued by it. Mm. I think it's also like takes place in Washington. At one point, they directly call out a 360 area code number from a call from an incoming call. That's cool. And I was like, always fun to see something in Washington. Always fun to see something in Washington. It's filmed in Vancouver because of more movie subsidies. That makes sense. uh, (laughs) uh, But it's very, it's very interesting. And I think it's a show. It's good that it was made. I'm yet to be completely sold on it. Mm. I will pass complete judgment once I finish the whole thing. Fair enough. Um, it is a limited series too, which I think that that's always very nice. Yeah, it's good to it's good to know. Yeah, if the 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 life of your story. Exactly. You know what I mean? yeah. And this is something that if it it I'm glad it's one season because if they were to do a second season, it would be fucking soul crushing. 
And it's like, it's walking that line between like, like incredibly depressing Mm -hmm. and with like enough levity and enough like moments of respite to sort of like want to keep watching, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes the balance is off. Sometimes it feels a bit stronger. Sometimes it feels a bit weaker, but for the first two episodes, it's been uh, it's been an interesting watch. Nice, nice. Yeah, there's there's just been a lot of like random stuff. Like I watched the uh, first couple episodes of the new season of Star Trek Discovery. Okay. Um, it's fucking rad, dude. Like the, the like it's so strange that my my dad is into Star Trek Discovery because yeah. he just seems like not the person that would be into this. Bowie. this but he loves Star Trek. Like I mean, yeah. that's the whole fucking thing. And even he loves this fucking shit. And so. It, you know, it's it's interesting though, because like they, this show just has such big stakes. You know what I yeah. mean? And like that's one of those like it's Star Trek's a property that's been around for fucking ever, and so you have to find a way to like make bigger storylines, right? Yeah. Things that will still impress people, even though you've seen really big shit in Star Trek o- overall. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the first Star Trek movie. My dad pointed this out. The first Star Trek movie takes place all centered around them trying to figure out what is like this like it's like this just destructive force that's like you know destroying things in the in the universe and it, they you know they when they boil it down and they figure out it's like this weird like uh cybernetic thi- like race that's like built itself up around like the first satellite that ever was sent out into space by humans and yeah. like never returned and so you know it's like these like big big things and so this storyline is really interesting that they start out with in this new season where like literally in the first episode, you see an entire planet, like one of the main characters' entire planets, get fucking destroyed. Jesus! Like everything they he like that he knows and fucking loves. Like they just did this like really touching moment right before that, where like he has like one of the main characters has this moment with his godson and like his brother. Well, I guess his nephew and his brother or his. his you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so it's just it, it, and then you find out that like the stakes are the stakes are that like they 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 have to figure out what the fuck is causing this huge gravitational like destructive force that's five fucking light years big oh my god and so it's just like literally like this thing that's just like changing direction at will and just going and just like destroying anything in its fucking path you know stakes are fucking huge but they're also as like as on top of everything else what's cool about this show is that like two seasons ago they like the main crew that you follow on the discovery uh-huh. like they've straight up like they're in like 900 years in the future oh my god so like they've like they had to like do this thing in like you know a couple seasons back where it was like you either try and you either go that far in the future or you know everything you know fucking dies and so they like this crew just makes the choice to just jump you know that far ahead and it's so it's like it's fucking cool because you're seeing like the federation in this way that you've never seen them before. Yeah. And so it's really fucking rad. Uh, but yep. yeah, you know, you said you had Paramount Plus. I would say that's a good time to get into Star Trek Discovery. We'll do, man. <laughs> I'm intrigued. You know, actually, I want to quickly return to the game a minute. Uh, this reminded me, the gravity thing in, um, and like cataclysmic events. Uh, in Destiny, yeah. the darkness, the fucking pyramids have gravity weapons that we oh, haven't shit. ever seen oh, but when like the collapse happened and everything like humanity in the solar system was essentially nearly wiped out mm-hmm. there was a huge population on titan the like ocean moon of uh, saturn mm-hmm. 
And it was all on these essentially like giant rafts built on the giant ocean. Oh, wow. And one of the few documentations in, in lore of like what exactly happened during a period of time, the collapse is from people on Titan where they're a pyramid went to either polar opposite on the planet and started pulling the water up oh, fuck. with a gra- with these gravity weapons and just like pulling it into an egg shape and then released it and a giant tsunami went Jesus. from either side That's and just wiped everything out on the planet. What the fuck? Brutal. Brutal, man. That just Brutal. I couldn't help but I couldn't help but remember and it's just such a graphic image. That's you fucking know? gnarly. <laughs> That's, oh man. Um That's a, that's just like a fuck crazy thing to think about yeah wow uh on so, the note of anyway there's the <laughs> out of the game minute <laughs> yeah um i still wanted to ca- i wanted to catch catch your two things your, your opinion on a, the couple of movies i know you've recently seen yes one ghostbusters afterlife ghostbusters afterlife so what what's your what's your hot take on ghostbusters afterlife i really enjoyed the first two ghostbusters i know I, apparently there's some mixed feelings about the second I had both on VHS when I was a kid. Yeah, I think they're both fun. Yeah, and I really enjoyed both of them. Um, I went and watched Ghostbusters Afterlife about a week ago. Um, I think it is a very fun love letter to the originals. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of campy, very just like charming all around. The young cast is great for the most part, mm-hmm. especially the girl playing Phoebe. You're talking about Paul Rudd? No, <laughs> Paul Rudd isn't in very much of it. That's that's such a that's a fucking tease. That's like Drew Barrymore and Scream. <laughs> you know, Paul Rudd, and also I feel like there is a, I feel like the editor needs to be fucking fired because Paul Rudd, there's a, like Paul Rudd and like Phoebe, the kid who's like um, who's Venkman's kid or yeah. Venkman's uh, granddaughter? Or yeah, whatever. Venkman's granddaughter who looks the part. That's cool. She's also she's very fun. Nice. And also, she has a buddy named. They never say his name, but he. They everybody calls him Podcast. <laughs> because he does like a he does like a paranormal podcast. Nice. He's this kid constantly walking around with microphones. Hell yeah! Like doing like dramatic voiceover. <laughs> Very like only murders in the building. That's funny. But he makes a point. He's like, I have one listener. <laughs> um, Shoutouts. So he uh, he, so he's always running around with her, and at one point the two of them and Paul Rudd find like a ghost trap with something in it and release oh. a ghost. Oh shit. But then after that, Paul Rudd just doesn't give a fuck about the ghosts anymore <laughs> and just moves on to like wanting to like bang their mom. And that's I was it. like, that's, that's and, the concern. <laughs> and I was just like, this feels like the editors moved that scene. Yeah. And like, it was supposed to happen later in the movie and Paul Rudd was supposed to be more of a crux in the finale, but he wasn't interesting. Like, Entering the third act, you don't see Paul Rudd for like 20 minutes. Huh. And I thought he was going to be like a main player. Yeah, you yeah. Know? They really give you that vibe. Very like Hopper and Stranger Things, you know? Dude, this Have so, the yeah. kids dragging around this adult that's like half aware of what's going on. Yeah. He'll like slug something, but you know, exactly. every now and then. But And actually, they, um, it's it's very, very interesting. Like some, I have some issues with the film, specifically in the writing department and in the editing area. But my overwhelming feeling is that it's very close to the original Ghostbusters. Those aren't phenomenal Oscar winning movies. No. They're entertaining. They're charming. They have fun performances. Yeah. This movie pays a lot of respect to what came before. Nice. And actually that's why I think critically in my mind, it's not much better than the fucking all female Ghostbusters, you know, 
And that movie struggles in a lot of places. Mm. This movie does better than that, but not by like leaps and bounds. Mm. If that movie is like a five, this is a seven, you know? Yeah. But this movie will be remembered leaps and bounds better because of how much love it shows for what came before. And rather than sort of overriding it and ignoring it like that movie did. Well, and that's kind of like the... I like Ghostbusters, but it's kind of the unfortunate thing about that. It's like, it's not really like a property that's meant to be franchised. Exactly. You know what I mean? And you know, actually, this movie, like one of the things I will give it praise for, we were talking about this with Star Wars Mm -hmm. and how the sequel trilogy felt like no one had a good pitch, but they decided to make something. Ghostbusters Afterlife feels like someone had an interesting pitch. Yeah. And then they were like, let's put some love for the originals in it. You know, yeah. like the concept of Venkman having passed away and being like focusing on his kids who have been like a- who were alienated from him. Mm-hmm. Don't really know what he was. There hasn't been a ghost sighting in like 30 years. So you, there's ex- like younger kids exploring this already existing mythos and discovering the history. Yeah. It was so fun. Such a good concept. Very oh, yeah. fun setup. Very effective setup. And. But then it, they also were like, let's fucking have cameos from the original guys. Let's steal some like iconic lines, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think I, I thought it was I thought it was a blast. So was was Aykroyd and Bill Murray in it? Yeah. Oh. And uh, oh, you're, um, my God, Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson. Yeah, yeah, because he was the only one that cameoed in the other one. Or no, 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 the the yeah, other he, one. He was in Aykroyd was in the other one also. Uh. Yeah, but yeah, that, that, that was my biggest one. Was like, oh, they're gonna bring all three of them. They just all, needed to get Rick Moranis in there somewhere. All three of them, dope. And actually, they do. Um, but are yeah, you cool I, with me dropping a soft spoiler. Yeah, oh man. Um, Vankman's ghost is sort of like a interesting. But they don't. Do they use Harold Ramis's like image? Um, only at the end. That's interesting. And but for most of it, he's like helping them figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. But it's just like moving like a light to like where it's supposed what they're supposed to look at. Gotcha. Turning on lights in like a room. Yeah. Opening up the door and showing all the suits, you know. And yeah, that's cool. Helping I... helping Finn Wolfhard's completely unnecessary character like jumpstart the fucking uh, car. Oh, the what is it called? Oh my god, oh, yeah. I'm blanking on it. The Egon. Oh, the Ecto one. Ecto one. Yeah. Yeah, and which also there's a fucking awesome scene the only scene that Finn Wolfhard really had a validation of being in the movie for <laughs> that character is totally unnecessary Fair. um there's a shot of the uh, ec- uh the ecto one mm-hmm. drifting through a cornfield and it is fucking sick nice like beautifully shot obviously practical like fast and furious style shit 100 <laughs> um and there's a great chase with the ecto one where with the fu- that we see in the trailer where mm-hmm. they have the RC yeah, ghost trap yeah. and like a gunner seat with the fucking <laughs> that that looked fucking cool. And it's a genuinely great scene. Hell yeah. So I mean like there's so many bright spots in that movie that I can't say I disliked it. I had some problems with the writing, I had some problems with the editing, but it was just so fun. Nice. And actually, so the context that we see, um, uh, the, that we see Vankman in at the end is that they're like trying to trap a ghost and all the OG Ghostbusters are like incapacitated. But Phoebe's the only one with like a ghost pack mm-hmm. and she's like trying to grab, she's trying to reel him in with a fucking beam mm-hmm. and it sort of pans over and his his ghost, his apparition is there holding it with her. Oh, dope. Yeah, and they get like a little reuni- reunion That's movie cool. and it ends with him like fading away. 
Nice. And like it was in it was in very good taste. They don't try and like do any like dubbed lines. That's good. I mean, and, I mean like just because I, I yeah, it it seemed like a real weird stretch to try to like create CGI Harold Ramis for a role. Like you know, you know what and I mean. They're given a gift in the aesthetic of the ghosts in Ghostbusters. He's not mm. like a fucking like he's not like a gross looking ghost. Yeah. But because like there's like a color to it that's mm. not supposed to be completely distinguishable, like his the the use of the color and the use of the Ghostbusters esque design mm. sort of give the edge off of it, totally. so it doesn't fall into the uncanny valley because it's not trying to look perfect. Yeah, for sure. That that's cool. I mean, I'm either way. I'm gonna uh, look forward to seeing that movie when it pops out. Yeah, I mean, you it's know. just a, it's a love letter to the originals. For sure. You know? And um, it pays a lot of respect to him. Hell yeah. I um, also watched yeah. Encanto the other day. So how was that? It was really fun. It was really good. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Mm. The um, I hadn't watched a Disney animated movie in a fucking long time before the pandemic. Mm. Other than like The Incredibles 2. That's great. Um, <laughs> but through the pandemic, Kate got me watching a bunch of the like Disney and the Pixar movies that I missed. Mm. I still don't fucking like Frozen. Uh, Tangled's a better movie in yeah. every way. I never got I never got into Frozen. The last like real one that I thought was cool was uh, the Brave one. Brave is sick. Brave's fucking rad. Underrated. Brave gets a lot of shit. It. I don't know why. It was fucking dope, dude. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. So so Encanto though. Yeah, I mean like Kate got me watching like um, Kate showed me like Coco, which is mm-hmm. a Pixar movie, absolutely brilliant. Um, I watched Moana. Moana mm-hmm. is sick. Oh yeah, that's another good one. I, I totally spaced on that. that. Um, that one, that one pulls you in all the directions. God damn. Shit. <laughs> uh, but Encanto, um, who you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the girl who plays um, fuck, Which, Rosa. Okay. Rosa is the voice of the lead actress. Okay. But her voice is totally different. Really threw me for a loop. Well, I feel like she really does that character. In, yeah. In, Rosa's Rosa Rosa Diaz is a is a character which she does a voice for but i'm so that's my only context of knowing that actress mm-hmm. so whenever i hear her normal voice i'm like Ugh. that said animation it works yeah um the movie so uh, do you know much of the setup no it's like they're living in like a magic house and every single child that comes to age they're given essentially like a superpower okay like and they're not really it's like their gift they always call it there's one girl that's like ripped and they can kick she's got super strength there's one that can like grow flowers mm-hmm. uh there's one that has like super hearing there's a guy that can shape shape shift okay there's a kid that can speak to animals nice but she is like the one kid that when she came of age it gave her nothing okay yeah, yeah. it's kind of like an interesting yeah there's a movie there's a movie disney channel original movie called uh up up and away that this was really like a very similar plot line really yeah <laughs> Interesting. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was about one kid who didn't get his superpowers, even though his parents were superpowered. So. Wait. Yeah. Sky High? No. Oh. Although that's that's another ripoff. <laughs> I'm telling you, this was like a Disney Channel original. Like, it was like a made-for-TV really? movie. Dude, I remember Sky High, Like, right High, up there though. with, like, Brink. <laughs> really? Yeah, dude. Damn. Anyway, so. No, dude, I remember. The sounds way better, and it look, it even looks, as an animated movie, much way better. better. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, fuck, I remember Sky High. Shit. But, yeah. The, uh, no, but it was um, and like it goes into a lot of stuff. I, I it got it got me emotionally a bit because it's all about everybody finding value, even if it's not immediately apparent. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. And even like with the short before, I feel like this movie's made for parents. <laughs> like as somebody that feels 
like as a kid sort of felt like a bit of a fuck up at mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Um, it's like you have a lead character that is the family fuck up in about every way. Fair enough. She's like, everyone likes her, mm-hmm. but she's not special. Yeah. In the same way as all of her family. Welcome but to then- my life as a middle child. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> she- but then all of her siblings have these gifts and actually they do a great job of going to their perspectives and seeing how they're all like broken inside. Mm-hmm. They aren't doing anything for themselves. Yeah. They're, these gifts are more of a burden to them and have like ruined their mental health. That's interesting, man. And it's it's fascinating to watch and it was like very impactful well, in, with yeah. how the story progressed. Well, it's one of the only, only uh, things that kind of addresses the idea right now of like, yeah, what's the downside of having the super like superpowers? Exactly. Know? Like, what's the negative of getting reliant on those superpowers yeah. and stuff like that? It seems well, like. and I think, and one of the things with Encanto is that there's this, there's this family matriarch, and this actually very much falls into sort of my family experience coming mm-hmm. from uh, the coming from a family where like my dad moved here from Brazil, found a lot of opportunity here. Um, it's like the matriarch of the family is this woman who had like lost everything. Her husband died after she had the three kids. And like when he sacrificed himself to save everybody, like this candle came, like this candle she was carrying got like her, his spirit in it. And that's what created okay. the house. That's what's giving them all their gifts. Gotcha. Um, And she's so obsessed with this new opportunity that everything has to be perfect, mm. you know? And I very much felt that mm. it was like, and it's sort of the crux of it is that it's not really about the perfection it's like the opportunity was being able to give the kids a better life, you know? Yeah. And I thought it was, it was incredibly wholesome. The message was great. It's oh, one yeah. of those things that I wish came out in like my childhood because I could, I, I would have gotten a lot from it when I was a kid. Yeah. And I was like, I, I love that. I'm like, we're seeing more of that these days. Yeah. It's, 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 you're seeing more stories told from perspectives that you wish had been more common. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I mean like, um, one of the actually, and I know we've had our qualms with Disney and inclusion and this, that type of thing. Oh, I don't have qualms with inclusion. Well, I no, have no, qual- but like I have with qualms with Disney capitalizing on it. Exactly. That's, for the sake of monetizing That's money. That's what I meant. Not for the sake of bettering society. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I mean. But um, the, the Colombian aesthetic of this mm-hmm. is very appropriate, used incredibly well. Nice. Um, at one point, there's a whole song that's in Spanish pretty cool that is cool i mean it's, it's good that there's like they're taking those steps I, I it's 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 good that they're taking those steps because like in real life people don't mind hearing like too like too much you know like it's like it's cool that's like it's cool to experience different cultures through their different arts and their different yeah. things and so it's like why not if you're already doing a movie centered around uh colombian uh culture yeah then then why not just include like straight like spanish-speaking colombian music yeah you know what i mean like i mean it's one song out of i think the five in the movie yeah but that said it's so good it's a step in the right direction and i think yeah yeah exactly and i think um like as an example there's a version of coco which is mm-hmm. mexico mm-hmm. where that like every song is in spanish you can watch it on disney plus well, that's good it's like i, I think that was, that was they do the same thing with this yeah that that's and that and rightly they should but they should i think that they should take more steps in the direction of just like making that the main theme for the fucking movies that they yeah. make because you know as I'm, a as a society we have the technology to provide 
closed captioning yeah. for just about anything. I mean, and like, so it's like it's like if you're gonna if you're not, if you can't handle the fact that you might not experience like say some lyrics, yeah. in, you know, in a foreign language, and like you can put on your fucking subtitles and hope to catch them. It's yeah. not a big deal. And the big and the big song that isn't like but it makes a musical the world beat. A difference for other people. Exactly. That's my point, so yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like there's. And I mean, like the song that isn't like a song in the movie, but like the Disney promotional song mm -hmm. is in all Spanish. That's cool. Which is cool. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I feel like that's been um, since like uh, from the fucking tens. I feel like we've been hearing a lot of Spanish music, in particular in the states, in pop media, and like where that's even on some of the high charts as well. Yeah. From time to time. Um. Yeah. Good movie. Really enjoyed it. Moana is still the best Disney animated movie <laughs> to come out in a while. <laughs> Um, fight me, <laughs> dude. That straight movie, up, though, that man, movie, I, dude. I in the first, I forgot about that one, man. Dude, but yeah, it, that movie got me from when the fucking grandma died, like twenty minutes. That's in. what I mean, dude. It like it, fucking. It's like a kick in the dick, dude. It hurts, man. <laughs> like you're just like ah. Well, why'd you take her? Don't find me. <laughs> oh, dude. There I go. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah, but that that's cool. Uh, I I, it's one of those like. I hit or miss want to keep Disney plus yeah, for like a variety of things. Like Hawkeye popping up was like, it really is what saved my subscription yeah. there. But uh, you know, then we got book of Boba Fett coming out, but then you also have like the breadth of like their animation, animated yeah. movies. And that, that is kind of a, like something that I think people camp on a little bit. Oh. Like you have a lot of opportunity to go back and rewatch some really excellent work. And as something that you brought up earlier before the podcast, um, you can see, like the animation getting better and better oh, and better. I and told better. you, I told you this, but for the sake of the podcast, um, there's a shot in Kanto mm -hmm. where she, where like the main character falls through like some sand oh, and yeah. you can see the individual grains in her hair on her face. That's what I mean, man. There's another shot where the abuela is walking and she has like a shawl mm -hmm. and you can see the weave through the light coming through it because it's a, it's a thin article of clothing. Seeing, it's those details that you get now are just I, wild. I, I'm one of those people that was like five years ago, we've hit the peak, you mm -hmm. know, like you'll see some weirder stuff. Like uh, the interesting animation style in spider verse, mm -hmm. like you'll see some cool new things for sure. But like the detail, we can't go much further than that. And then I get shit like this. <laughs> And yeah, exactly. It just stretches that even further. And you're just like, okay, what now? What? <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, yeah, I can't say how much I enjoyed this movie. It's one of those that it doesn't hit like the highest highs that mm. Disney's ever done, but like the musical numbers are good. It's a Lin Manuel, Lin Manuel Miranda musical again as well. Oh, he's just popping up yeah. all over. Yeah, he's all over the place. There's a there's this uh, new Netflix drop that was it's called Tick oh. Tick Boom. Yeah, it's with about, Andrew Garfield. Yeah, it's about like it's the about guy the... who wrote Rent. Yeah, yeah. I think you might have mentioned it. Yeah. Um, I, I actually watched the trailer for it. That's another. Uh, I might check it out. It, it looked it looked interesting, but it just reminded me. Yeah, he's like he's like really stepping into the role of like writing and directing and doing a lot more. Yeah, that's it's... his directorial debut, right? Yeah, yeah. Which uh, you which know is interesting itself. You know, I am one of those people that it takes a lot for a musical to grab me outside of the animated context. Mm -hmm. Like I was raised on like Aladdin and the Lion King. That's the, those are the, those, are the, sure. those are the DVDs my parents had in the back of the minivan, you know, like, um, I, I ate that shit up. Mm -hmm. So I'm more than comfortable listening to like a musical in like an animated picture. Mm -hmm. I think I'm in live action, a lot more critical mm -hmm. that said, well, yeah, that if it's really good, 
I'm down. Yeah. You know, you have to I'm be probably with, not going to watch West Side Story. I'm probably not either. But with with like, just because I'm I'm tired of them just redoing the same one. Exactly. And I, I don't want to see the the next time I I see the West Side Story, I don't want it to be uh, in a movie theater. You know, exactly. what I mean, I want it, I want it to be on the stage. Yeah. And. Yeah, that that the, but exactly. that's, that's the thing about doing like movie musicals is that you have to set the precedent that like you're breaking from reality. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, and, in and animation, that's easy. It's so easy. Why is Friend Like Me one of like the most iconic scenes in like the past thirty years of film? You know. <laughs> yeah. Like because it's fucking wild and it fits the music so well. Absolutely. Man. But then I I feel like something is lost in like a live action, like musical. Where it's not a live performance, mm-hmm. like you would see if you went to a local theater. I think that that's engaging in its own way. Mm-hmm. But Definitely. then, like, there's so much. It's why I think La La Land is fucking overrated. I honestly have not bothered to watch it. I. It's a good movie it, it, that. Yeah. If you want to hear Emma Stone sort of whisper sing to make everything sound a bit fine, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's overrated. Sing yeah. Street's a better movie. <laughs> Fight me. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the um. But like you lose a bit, and it you have it really falls the burden falls on the directors and the cinematographers for making that sort of spectacle interesting, mm-hmm. and I don't think movies succeed all the time. No, that's why I think Sing Street is better. Have you seen Sing Street? No, I haven't. Holy shit, it is so good. Okay. It's a bunch of uh, kids in Ireland in like the eighties. Oh, yeah. And they're it's like them coming of age and like discovering good music, and it's yeah. them like starting off doing Duran Duran covers interesting, and then sort of turning into like a, their own band. And oh. it's not yeah. ever framed as like breaking out into a musical number. It's them performing specific songs or like dressing like artists mm-hmm. that they've, that they're discovering huh. and sort of that being the vehicle for coming of age. Okay. It's so fucking good. It came That's out the same year as La La Land and it is leaps and bounds better than it. So, <laughs> Watch Land and Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling is great. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Emma Stone is fucking great. I have no problems with the cast. I have more of a problem with the musical. You oh. know, and somehow we find ourselves talking about the weird awards award systems again. Once again, come <laughs> tune in live here at Old Heart Radio for the Old Hardies. Oh my gosh. We're going to be giving out our own subjective and, <laughs> un- and completely biased perspectives on awards for... <laughs> Five and a half hours. Five and a half hours. <laughs> Live on TV. We're not streaming online, so. And we're on a local television station only. <laughs> oh, my God. This is but, this is not a publicly available broadcast. Pay us. Pay, pay us, motherfucker. And we're going to snub your favorite movie of the year. You heard us, you heard us right. We're going to nominate only very obscure independent movies. <laughs> It'll be, yeah. Uh, ne- what's the next Lars von Trier movie? <laughs> <laughs> My God, but yeah, uh, man, episode eighty-eight here. I know it's been it's we've you know covered quite a bit. I think there's a there's the you know the, the the fun thing about this episode. I hope the listeners take it away, is that we have given you a, a lot of options on a like a good few different oh, yeah. platforms. So like <laughs> you know. There's tons of stuff coming out, yeah. man. Like you know, I, I, I just, I just spell. got, I just got rid of my HBO subscription. Yeah. And then just to like final kind of thought here, I, I, I got rid of my HBO subscription, and at first I was like, dang it, dude, there's so much content on there. Yeah. That's like it's kind of hard to like get rid of it. But it's not but, new stuff. 
but it's all yeah it, there's like the the random new thing that pops up on there but but even without it there's so fucking much on yeah. netflix on hulu on fucking amazon on disney plus like on anything so yeah. it's like you know just talk about a good a good oldie right here mm. house i'm watching the fuck out of Dude. house Dude, House, huh? talk about a show that would never be made today, and that's sort of the joke, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, fair enough. Dude. I'm not a medical periodical like a uh, type guy or like a procedural type guy. Yeah. But a dude where the entire bit is that he's politically incorrect for like 2010 yeah. is pretty fucked up in 2020 yeah. or 2021. Yeah. And it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> so just go out there, keep entertaining yourselves, motherfuckers. Keep listening to these podcasts, because why? They're entertaining too. Thanks, corn dogs. Yeah, that's right. You're, that's right. That's actually what we should do on Patreon. Officially. If you are tier yeah. one hot dog, tier two corn dog. Yeah, boy. All right. You heard it here. Uh, good day. <laughs> <laughs>